the cookie recap, the best view, and Merry New Year. All this and more on today's Brilliant Observations. Do, 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 do. Jiminy fuck stick, dick and sick and suck, suck, cunt, 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 fucker. I really had enough. I had a great Christmas. Everything was wonderful. We we're sliding into a new new year, and I drove all the way here looking at people and their sphincters, and I've had enough of it. I've had enough. Dear listener, Amy is podcasting today from Florida, but but Melissa, she drove a thousand miles to get to Delaware and then back and then back. H- how come she's in Florida? Cause she cray. I think you know the answer to that. I'm on my two thousand mile week. It's a 2,000-mile week. And you're not even close to L.A. Like, you are the farthest from L.A. you could possibly be. It is so dumb. So the drive from Delaware to North Kakalak was its usual eventful, uneventful nature. We do it all the time. It is what it is. You sort of get used to the route and the troubles of the route and the hot spots, et cetera. Had not driven to Florida that I've, I've driven to Florida once that I recall, and I had forgotten what it's like. Florida itself is a delight to drive through. All of the roads are really wide and flat, and they give you lots of room to spread out, and tons of like side, whatever they're called, the sideline road. What's the, what do we have a sidebar? What's like a this? shoulder? Yeah, they have very broad shoulders. It's broad very comforting. Shoulders. It's nice and flat. Everything's very well lit. There's a lot of glitter on the street signs. It's all nice. Everything's wonderful. South Carolina, on the other hand, not so great. So we sat for two straight hours in bumper to bumper, zero to 10 mile an hour traffic for zero reason. Oh, there was no reason. There was so no accident. There was no emergency. There was just idiots, idiots, idiots. There were cars on the side of the road, just abandoned there. And what was interesting about it most is that as we were going, stop. As all this is happening, right, I glance over on the side of the road and I see a really, really white ass crack. No. Like very white. And then I realize it's attached to a fully nude man. Fully nude. Because he has, well, he had his shirt pulled up. So as the bulk of his torso could be seen, he was standing up fully erect, ass toward the road. Pants and underpants down around his ankles, and he prepared to squat down and take a deuce right on the side of the road. And you're driving so slowly, you get to see all of this. This should be and like stop zoom. and go. There's so many levels to this. Let's just say there's so many levels to this. Okay, you couldn't walk another eight feet into, into the, the brush woods. line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you couldn't. You maybe couldn't turn your ass crack. Into the gr- so that all we see you is squatting. We're like, all right, I'll look away. I know what's got to happen over there. You couldn't take another step away from the door of your car where you leave your pile of turd that you now have to step over to get back in your car. Oh my what god! What are you doing? He deuced it right next to his car. It takes you a minute to unbuckle, to process and all of that information, and flap your dick out of your pants, and to pull all that shit. I mean, he didn't just dive out of the car because he was having an event. This was a very thoughtful disrobing. On the side of the road, and a squat and a shit. Who? Who? How? Who? Who? He? Uh, come on! I mean, who he needs made to take a poop that bad. Uh, right, that you first can't? of all, I have. Um, I do on the regular basis, not really anymore. But here's, let's go back. 
He chose, I'd rather people see what I'm doing than my penis. I feel like that was a conscious, I could face all of the vilehood away, but then people will see how small I am. Dude, the fact that you're doing this, we know how small you are. That's a, that's a very bizarre flex in itself. I just can't get past the idea that I'm going to step out of my vehicle. I'm going to park my vehicle. I'm going to step out of my vehicle, but barely out of it. it. It was as close as if you put both feet out of the car at the same time and stood up. Do you know how, like when you're sick or your back hurts, sometimes you don't do the one leg, two leg. You just throw both legs out and you sort of lean to get up. The lazy boy effect to getting out of the car. Okay. He did that, swiveled his hips, and took a shit. That's how close to his car he was. His shoulder could have touched, his hand could have rested on the roof of the car while he casually leaned and padooped into question. the street. Silly question, is he alone? No, there was other people with him. There was other people with him. I looked at it, and then I looked longer to confirm what my brain was telling me. Because you look at it and you think, I don't want to see that, but then you're like, wait a minute, I didn't see that. So you look again, and you're like, no, that that's really what it is. Get out, stop looking. So then I went back, I was driving at this point. So my husband in the passenger seat is just clucking his tongue and staring, shaking his head. And we're going by about this fast. Do you crack out a camera and take a picture of this? Like if he's showing it, he should be able to show it to everyone. So gross. Yeah. Uh, That's horrible. And that was in Georgia, you say? I said it was in Georgia, but my husband corrected me this morning. It was actually South Carolina. Georgia was a little um, deflated. All of it. I, it must have been the route we took because I imagine with all the airline snarls and all the rest of it that maybe everybody was on the road or maybe it's just always everyone's on the road at this hour. Everybody wants to go to Disneyland. Okay. We were on such a road that we drove past a funeral that was happening, which was very sad. Everyone assembled. Bright, sunny day. Everyone assembled in their, in their best clothes. Lots of chicken shacks. Lots of shanties. Lots of places that made me think, I understand politicians now because they're either not coming to this, these places or when they do come to these places, they have low expectations. And it's a shame all the way around because enough people lived in enough houses dotting the countryside. It just, it was a different slice of life. I'm used to, I don't live in the world's, most urban environment, but it's urban enough. We have cities. We have, we have theater. Stores. We have theater. We have <laughs> traffic lights. We have Trader fast food Joe's. places. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. have, we have a uh, something. We yeah. got a sidewalk. It's not just gravel, right? Instead of roads and roads. And, and part of it, I'm sure is that people who live along the road, maybe don't represent whatever's going on in that city. It, it's just these back roads, backwoods, flyover country kind of, you know, trips always, make me realize how wildly diverse our country is and how much communication can be lost based on what's filtering its way into these towns. I do that on my paying trip. Attention to it. I do that yeah. on my trip to Pittsburgh, I think, as I see these little houses, the farms, the like just they have tons of property that are all dead and like there's just it's despair really on the way out to Pittsburgh and I think we live in the same country. Like we vote in the same country and it's, it's a very different country we live in. They have a very different and life the amount of large scale construction equipment, plants, not whatever, uh, sales, parking lots that they had, you know, Kubota 
and the cat and the, the just pick one any big piece of machinery that you've seen there were you know bobs or hoosers or whoever it was all just brothers just lined up and that would be the only business the steel s-t-i-h-l like all of that kind of stuff just equipment oh and here's another one that sells equipment and then right. for an hour, right. for an hour. So I'm thinking, okay, so the industry here is to buy the equipment or perhaps to own and work the equipment. That's your industry because there's nothing else here. Nothing. That's, anyway. And, it was and we find that surprising. sad because I won't, I won't rent, lease, buy or move anywhere that doesn't have, you know, this is, this is the ridiculous privilege of stupidity in which I live. Because if they don't have a Trader Joe's, if they don't, ha- if Amazon does not deliver here, we have a podcasting friend who moved to Costa Rica. And I was like, Molly, I think that's fantastic. Does Amazon deliver there? Like, tell me exactly. <laughs> and she sends a picture. Can you get this there? And it is breathtaking. It is so beautiful. I'm like, yeah, I would enjoy that view better if I had the new sunglasses I just bought on Amazon delivered by drone. Like, uh-uh. I'm a little too spoiled for that kind of life. Well, they're spoiled, but there's also the reality of mobility. Somebody who's in Costa Rica, I would argue it probably doesn't cost that much more to live in Costa Rica than it does to actually live in some of these economically depressed areas that we drove through, right? And there's probably more job opportunity there. So the challenge is, can you just get there? Because the cost of living is so low it's comparable. So that begs the question, why would you stay where you are? Why, what are you clinging to? So I wonder if it comes back to information. If you have access to the information that creates possibilities in your mind yeah. that you can choose to act on or not, right? So I don't know. It was, it was not what I thought I would be encountering as I just tried to survive yet another Trip. 10 12 14 hour car trip did you see the post she had i walked to the neighbor and i got fresh cacao and i made my christmas candy i was like oh my fucking god that's amazing celebrities they're just like us yeah right they're yeah just like i don't us. i don't i don't have that no. i think you um came out of the gate on fire with a, a dookie on the roadside and what we have <laughs> not heard about was uh the cookie display that you oh my god like did everybody freak out about your cookies yeah yeah I know they did but what I want to hear is did that pink that pink amazing strawberry cookie was that just the hit of the entire did your sister say I cooked a 17 course meal which is fly as fuck and the only thing anybody's talking about is this stunning the strawberry, strawberry cookie, yeah, yeah, that you made. With cardamom, yep. Oh, my God. So I made a quadruple batch because I knew they were going to be the world's biggest head. So four times the recipe, right? So many cookies. Took so long to make those cookies. And they sucked so hard. What? I almost didn't what? even bring them what? to Delaware. What do you they mean? They were the worst cookies ever consumed. And I thought, don't embarrass yourself by bringing these. Just don't. Don't pack them up. Don't bring them. Just don't. And then I thought, some stupid clown will think these are okay. So I, I, I made the bad decision to put them in a separate container and bring them up. And my mother, you know, because she's your mom. She ate one. Oh, this is delightful. Look at that. Never went back for another one, right? I thought for a minute, I'll give it to the extended family member who is from Iran. And I thought he might, because all the, all the crazy kooky spices that are in there, he might think, and maybe he, half the time he serves food, that doesn't have American flavor. So the fact that these were not cookie-like, not shortbread-like, they were a dull, flat, poorly tinted, 
overly spiced, grainy, gritty, not sweet, not cookie. Not I, shortbread. I don't, I don't know what to things. say about any of that. I, what we need to say is Amy should have known better by trusting the Washington fucking post. You did I say known that. Better. Of all places, I found I a recipe. I should have fucking known better. I should have fucking known better. I should have known better that this was some stylist who turned pretty cookies onto a plate and took a picture of them. That pretty does not equal tasty. It just doesn't. And at exhibit A, goulash. Pretty does not equal tasty. That's true. You can you all the good foods are brown. All good foods are brown. The leaves are brown, and my the food has cardamom. That's right. That's right. Oh my god! So they were so sad and upsetting to me, and I just rolled past it. Every it seemed like every recipe that I made failed, and I just oh no. Yep, I make these. I make Florentines, which are basically lacy almond cookies that have chocolate on the bottom. You do not you know need to tell me about that cookie. Okay, so I make Florentines with the orange in there, special grated, it's delicious, and so it's it's sugary and crunchy with the nut and it tastes kind of like toffee but then there's that bright citrus and then you get the smooth creamy chocolate and it's very very good they're very good and balanced they sucked they were the worst what happened you're the master of cookies you have a book i don't i don't understand i don't understand everything that i made i would make it and then i would make it i'd throw that out and then i would make it again and then i would think i can either leave these home or just take them and swallow my pride. And that's what I did in the case of the Florentines. I wouldn't even ice them. I wouldn't even put chocolate on them. I was so angry with them. And then everyone ate them like crazy. So, I mean, they were delicious, but they were shitty for some reason. So, I'm not sure what's happened to me. I've lost my touch. Oh, I've my lost God. My Something. The spritz cookies turned out spectacular and everybody went crazy. So, that worked out. And I made, as I said, more than a thousand of them. So, it was funny. I make them in the shape of... Many, they're the whole point of them is the shape, right? And then I also make them in different colors and different flavors. Yeah, the camels. I want the camels. My my niece Lisa hoarded the camels so so much that <laughs> nobody really even. She just kept taking the tray. She took it out of the room and filled up her own personal container to take home and brought it back with of like five camels. camels on it. Oh. Right, the one for us to have. So there were like five on the tray, and then the rest were in her car. And then Tess <laughs> was hoarding the trees. She called it her own personal deforestation. So she took all the trees and ate them. And those are hilarious because I really, I've gone overboard with the coloring. So everybody's walking around like they've been eating nerds or whatever. Their mouths are all bright green or bright red and their tongue and they're coming at you. So those were all delicious. And then I made a special um, Fjorded Cecilia. I, it's like a made up spice. It's a combination of orange extract, lemon extract, and vanilla extract in equal parts. And so it has this beautiful, not quite, it, it, it's kind of all three in one. And it just feels like a nice little bright Italian citrusy. And I covered it with um, lemon icing sugar. So those uh. were delicious. Very good. Because everything else is almond flavored. I come to find out that all Italians eat in the wintertime is almonds. That's um, it. I love that. And the, <laughs> the almond paste and the almond extract. I love all of it. Was there any, obviously not made by you, but was there any fruitcake there? No. Nobody does a fruitcake. We just, we abandon it. Oh my God. My sister made a panforte. <gasps> oh. See, that's what yeah. I was saying. I thought everything she made that was off the charts would have been just totally eclipsed by that perfect New York Post cookie, which was not perfect or from what you're saying. A I cookie. didn't even bring that shit to her house. No, I brought with traditional. We do seven layers, which some people think of them as magic cookie bars. Yep. 
So I made, I made, you know, trays and trays of those, brought those, all the spritz cookies, butter, sugar, almond, lemon, all the flavors. It was fantastic. Dear listener. And I brought the rest of it. Dear listener, Bonnie called and she said in a conversation that she said, magic bars, I'm in. I want to make <laughs> those seven layer. Amy's talking about seven layer cookies. I want those. I'm like, well, they're made for dummies. Like, no offense. They are the easiest things if you know how to layer them. And that's something you need to reach out to Amy for. They're super easy. I'll write that down. And everyone in the world will tell you how to do it now. I will tell you as well. So that all happened. But my sister made panforte. So you know about panettone. Yes. Right? You've had a panettone. So we had, we're of, in recent years, we've fallen in love with strega panettone. So it's, the panettone is a is an Italian style fruitcake. It's very light, almost angel food cake like, almost combination of angel food cake and brioche. That's the consistency of a panettone. They're frequently filled with candied nuts, or excuse me, candied fruits. So that works like a little fruitcake. Those are dumb. Don't get those. Knock those off the shelf and say, "What's the matter?" And point at the people selling them. The ones with strega have like a pudding that they've swirled through the middle. So you can get a pistachio strega, and that's also covered with chocolate. So the outside of the bread is covered with chocolate oh and little God. bits of pistachio crumb dust for crunch, and then it's got these swirls of pistachio cream on the inside, and then that soft brioche-style panettone bread. So we got that, and then we also got a limoncello strega. So it had a, a limoncello thing, and then that comes with vanilla icing that you make. They give you a little packet, and you add some water to it, and then you drizzle the whole top with this vanilla Oh, icing. my God. So the reason I mentioned these panettone, so my sister made panforte, right? Think of the same thing. Go ahead. What does that mean? Okay. Well, this is... It's stronger. Basically, <laughs> every holiday sweet that you can think of, yeah. old country sweet, in one big blap. So it's figs and chestnuts and walnuts and uh, pistachios, and uh, I think cherries are in there, and they're all just kind of mushed together, kind of fudge-like, and then you slice it in these tiny little morsels, and you put those in your face and die, and they're delightful and delicious. So that was, she made that, and I took it all. I, I acted like Tess with the camels. I grabbed it, and I was like, nobody else is getting this. I'm sorry you thought you liked it. It's going with me. So I kept that, and then, of course, they made six dozen pastachelas, which are the the... And I still, I have some of those that came home with me, thank God. And that's basically an Italian deep fried ravioli shaped cookie. So picture, it starts with wine sweetened pastry dough that you roll out into circles. And then you dollop the center of a circle with a paste that's been made of chocolate, chestnuts, plums, oranges, lemons, uh, apple, everything, all the the delicious fig, all the delicious flavors of the season. But it's mostly, it reads like chocolate and chestnuts with like citrus in the background. You put the other round of dough on top and then you flute the edges. So it looks like a little crab. Then you deep fry that. And because the dough is so light, it gets that cannoli style bubbles everywhere. So it goes, and then you serve that hot with powdered sugar on top. Dear Amy's family, I accept invites to next year's Christmas. Just invite me for dessert. Although I saw a plate of pork that made this Jew interested. Oh, my God. This was the first year we didn't do lasagna for Christmas uh, dinner. And it was it was a tough transition. It was a hard pivot. When you do lasagna, do you put like hard boiled eggs in it? And whoever finds that it's lucky and it's a whole. A hundred percent. Yes. And I love it. But come to find out. It was time, some family members thought it was time for a change. And by some, I mean um, 
I don't want to sell them out, but it was none of the adults thought it was time for a change. And none of my kids thought it was time for a change. So you count up who it was. Yeah. But in any event, um, it was just, if you don't really like a lasagna with eggs in it, and that's the only thing you get to eat for Christmas, because it's the, for that meal, that's all you serve, really. I mean, there's garlic bread, there's a salad, but that's it. So if you don't like it, you're kind of out of luck. So change of venue. My sister hosts it now instead of my mom. So change a meal. How do you think you would feel about a smoked trout dip? You are talking to a Jew who comes from the smoked fish side of, of the world. And I'm thinking I would like it. I'm thinking if it were. I if, was not bold enough to go in. If, but it was a creamy. Like it looked it looked white and little speckled with blue. And it was a smoked trout dip that she served with these little garlicky toasts. And baked clams. Like the whole beginning course was of the sea. So I basically ate cookies. And then. I'd like you to yeah. invite us just for dessert. I don't need to be there. <laughs> unless you're bringing that lasagna back. I'll take that lasagna and I will take the dessert course. Plus it's family holiday. Spend it with your family. But invite this Jew over for dessert. I- I'm close everybody enough. Went, I will be there. Everybody went apy for that smoked trout dip. I mean crazy. They're like well I'll try it. And then they couldn't get enough of it. Which I found very weird. So. That's another one. I might have to actually start making that shit now. Do you know how weird it is to make stuff that you don't like, can't even taste to see if the seasonings are correct and won't eat when it's served? It's very fucking weird. But my sister-in-law makes meat for my brother and she does not approve of or eat meat. So that's that's kind of she's the same a, thing, she's right? She's a Vigo. Yeah, yeah, she's okay. a she's a good girl. She's a good egg. Um the holidays uh plural are almost over because we have the new year this weekend. This is, today's Thursday. This weekend is the new year. And I want to say thank you to you mostly because you asked us, dear listener and myself, to think ahead. And that is not something thinking behind <laughs> is really my best site is hindsight. So knowing that, I was grateful that you asked me to think ahead and to come up with some sort of resolution to not just, uh, to set myself up for success, which is honestly the parenting technique I've always had. Tell your, set the expectation for your children. That way they know exactly how to disappoint you and how not to, right? <laughs> so I was grateful that come Thanksgiving, you're like, yo, New Year's on its way. So if there's something you want to set yourself up for to be successful, now's when you start passing shit around and, and fleshing it out. Well, I did. And I agreed with myself and, and me and I, and we all got together and said, it's time that you say less. You have a habit of saying more, saying more, saying more. And it, it's not good. It's, it's breathe, cope, whatever. So after I announced it here on pod, heavy on the say less, didn't happen. Didn't work. Didn't happen. So good. I have failed. No. Nope. I would say three times and... Since Thanksgiving, that's a significant amount of time, but I'm I'm going to say less m- more. Is that I'm going to do better? I, but I want to support you in your endeavors. And this is stupid. I am on team Melissa. I want for you what you want for you. Yeah. But but say less is a bad boyfriend and it's very frustrating. But is it a good parent? No. I don't know why you you would choose this for yourself. Because when I, I say more, I get spoken to like I'm a stupid piece of shit and that hurts my feelings. So my saying less is protecting myself. Who are these people? You don't say things. You don't. 
I don't understand what kind of environments you're in. Number one, I would look to the person who is giving you flack and I would take your toe, pull it back sideways behind your knee and then thrust it forward as if to kick this person in the shin. I, what? I can't think of you as a person who says too much. I can't. I love you. I can think of you a person who talks about others when they're not there as a way of processing, right? Yeah. That I can think of. That I but do. I don't see you as somebody looking someone dead in the face and saying, my God, you are ugly and terrible and I don't like the way you invest your money and the <laughs> dog's farts are smelly and I wish that your singing voice was clearer. Like I I've never said of- those things. but So right. But things that... Are I, I oh first of all we know in my life I only have people I really care about left because I've I left. shed them years <laughs> ago I shed them years ago and now I sit here with only people that I truly love and which makes it so much easier we talked about this before of telling them that you love them it's so much easier when you only have people you love as opposed to my husband who hangs up the phone with his attorney for work and says love you I and love you up. right. And the whole family for keeping me out of jail turns yeah. and looks at him like, did you just tell Tim that you love him? And he's like, uh, I kind of do. I'm like, everybody nah. loves Tim. Everybody loves <laughs> Raymond, Tim. Well, I've also <clears throat> discovered where the best view resides, right? Oh, okay. The best view on any journey is, is from the top. Can we agree? I think... You're right. Yes. yes. Right? Because you can have a lovely resting spot somewhere along your journey, but till you're at the end, till you're at the peak, the summit, the ultimate, that's where the view is the best. That's why people go there for that view. And it's not easy getting there. And if that means I say less, if that means I work harder, if that means I pull out the kettlebell, if that means whatever happens, happens, then I'm willing to work for that best view. And I don't need the best view of everything, but the things like your children and I don't know, Mount Batty, wherever you are, Mount Bachelor, wherever you are, you're going to want the best view. Our friends, they ski. I personally do not ski. I like the Good, view. Let's stay friends. I right. like the view from the shelter at the bottom where there's spiked. What's in this hot cocoa? It's delicious. Ski in, ski out, or park it in front of the fireplace. That's my best view. What am I missing at the top of that mountain? In that case, nothing. <laughs> okay. Is that true? I, I People uh, leave it so quickly. People leave it so... The second they get up there, they start heading down. So I don't worry about not skiing, but the hike up the mountain, the the trail on the Peloton bike, whatever it is, it is work. And I feel like what it's telling you is it's worth it to do that work, to get to the top of the mountain for the good view. And I I want I want the view. I don't need it from the ski mountain because I do. Well, see there is something to be away. said for the counter theory to challenge this, you know, proposed line of thinking. Go ahead. And that is the juice ain't worth the squeeze, babe. So at a certain point, you can also say journey, journey, journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're I fucking journeyed all this fucking way for this. I mean, read read the Alchemist by Paula Coelho, right? The whole point is you get all the way to the end of this book and it's like, yeah, you maybe you basically had all this shit where you started. So 
Um, <laughs> if, the journey is the journey. It's not necessarily the view that's worth it. It's your perspective that has changed to now witness this view. I have read The Alchemist um, back when I was a good girl and read and I was smarter. I'm deteriorating. Oh. Scrambled eggs these days. I'm scrambled eggs. But I will also tell you that's the theme of The Wizard of Oz. You had it all along. Like that's the... Is that what you're telling me? I have it now. Do not work so hard at anything. Say more. <laughs> I love a good journey story. I love a good goal setting session. I love to strive for, to think about, to future cast, to look aheadsies. All of these things are positive and to be yes. Okay. I don't like being tied to the future goal so tightly okay. that everything is missed along the way, that sacrifices in order to get to the future goal feel untenable, but you make excuses and justification because the future goal, the future goal, I'm just going to kill these two people on the way <laughs> to the future goal because I really need that future goal. At a certain point, the, the reasoning mind needs to come in. Machiavelli right? can notion sit of down. Balance. The ends do not justify the means. Go for the means being your your journey. So you're saying journey don't go for the I the reality is when covid first arrived at everyone's doorstep and the world changed in a finger snap and then took a really long time resetting itself. The finger snap change that happened for me is at the time I spent a good 2 weeks getting over the serious guilt and concern and weight of I'm not going to use this time productively. I, I can't. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I can't. I, I physically, if I try to use this time productively, I, I've already, I'm standing on a bridge that is so frayed that all of the energy to use this time productively will vibrate and snap what's left of this bridge. So I know that's not the right choice for me. So I just moved in the direction of quiet and calm and, you know, figuring out that self-care is a thing and all the rest of it. And that's sort of what I'm hinting at. There's always people who say, and, and extreme exercisers are among the highest of these people who say, if, if it was fun, everybody would do it. If it didn't hurt, everybody would do it. The reason that, that you're differentiating yourself, the reason that you're at the top upper echelon, half a percent, whatever the fuck, the reason you get to see this view that no one else gets to see and that it's sweet for you and that no one else gets to taste it is because you've put in the work to do it. And there is some element of that that's true and there's a large element of that that's delusional bullshit. 100% delusional bullshit. The end of the thing is only the beginning of the next thing. So if you are miserable, achieving nothing, learning right. nothing, transforming nothing throughout the whole process for this momentary blip of a thing, it's just an adrenaline jump. It's just jumping out of a plane. Right. You're just an adrenaline junkie. It doesn't it's you can't build a life on that. Right. You're getting to the top of that mountain just to turn around and ski right down it. So that's all this by way of saying, do you really have to ride that much? Can't you just maybe watch TV for a while? You don't have to egg Begley Jr. yourself. And I can only watch television if I'm riding my Peloton to power my house. Like that's not who you have to be. You Luckily, buy power. that is not who I am. We buy power. I, I feel like you're taking away my goal for this year. Dear listener, do you have a better goal for me? I will continue to say less, but on that journey and on that mountain, <laughs> I feel like, all right, I guess I don't have to work that. Thank I, you. You talked me nope. out of it. 
look, okay, it's that's why I'm here. I want to ruin all your expectations and your your January fourth resolutions. Do you hate the I do want to say, uh, uh-uh, I do want to say that you need to take a gold star and take some credit right now. Because you have done the most excellent job of saying less as you watch me one-handed try to wipe my dripping nose with this tissue where I look like some sort of spasmodic animal wedging papers into my nostrils. You've said nothing. That's, I, the, that's the pinnacle of say lessness. Amy, I've said very little um, for the last 48 hours <laughs> in general. <laughs> I do want to tell you, though, that I think it's just a reframing of a situation. We had several issues with recording today, yesterday, the day before, whatever it is. All the days. We have our health, knock, 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 um, both my forehead and my pressed wood desk. I, I want to say that there is nothing that requires a permanent solution to a temporary problem. I think perspective is the gift I would like to give myself in the new year and the gift I wish for everybody listening right now, be it the child who's in the room across from me sound asleep, be it the child who is not sound asleep, the husband, the listener, the friend in Costa Rica, the friend under the arches out in the Midwest, please know perspective is a gift I would like to give you to ask yourself 10 questions. Is this, is this kind, is this necessary? Is this as important as it feels right now? Because the answer to all of those things is usually no. So if you can get perspective on whatever situation seems to be all encompassing and can't get past, it is, it is my gift to you to think in 10 seconds of, of, bravery and and separation from a situation that either feels hopeless or seems like too much. Just take a moment, take a breath. And I am not hokey pokey and kooky with the breathing and meditation. That's not me. But it's also very much me to tell you that perspective, friends, really look around you. Is it really as bad as you're saying? Don't answer that because if the answer is yes, I'm a dick. I love everything that you said, except for the I'm a dick part. And you danced around this notion of the 10 questions. Are there really 10? Because you gave us three. Are there seven more? Where's this list? I I want the list. I'll acquire the list for you. Are you inventing this? No. Or is this some part of your say less juju that you've been It's part of my say less juju. But still, it doesn't make it less quality. I do have a therapy question. I got excellent feedback on uh, the new section we have for our if our segments keep expanding like this we're going to have a three-hour show but my therapy question for this week kind of touches on what you've already said you know I I was going to ask you before do you hate the people that learned three languages during COVID and and motivated and and knit and made bread and just were wildly productive I don't hate them I evaluate them on a category by category basis Many people needed continuous activity as a distraction and coping mechanism. So for them, it was a positive, useful, uh, psychologically beneficial action, right? It was, it was a new goal to keep them preoccupied and not thinking about family members dying or wiping down food or whatever the fear, economics, anything. I'm just going to resort all of the towels in my linen closet. I'm just going to, you know, 
make socks for the rest of the country or whatever this the fucking thing is. This sourdough starter is really right. growing. Yeah. So those people were doing, and I I was surprised, right? It's the kind of thing where you find yourself, if you're, in the, the plane goes down and you suddenly, dis, you suddenly learn in that moment you're not the hero. You save yourself and let everybody else die. It's like I was surprised to learn that the person I thought I would be, which is make the absolute best use of this time as a coping mechanism, was not me. The, my coping mechanism was I'm going to, become a stone on uh, on the field and I'm going to do nothing I'm going to sit immobile and do no action forever so those people as a coping mechanism as a positive choice as an outlet amen the people who invented a new challenge for themselves for productivity as a way to get ahead as an opportunity as an investment in culture that everyone else is going to be behind, this is the perfect time and or the people who went out of their way to say, if you can't write your novel when you've got two months of not going to work, then you're worthless and you should be ashamed of yourself. There was a lot of that shit flowing around as well. That was a not on it. my TikTok. That was absolutely, a lot I got a lot around. of lesbian bread talk going on this my is, TikTok. This here. is the answer you've been waiting for. If you can't get it together in this time, then you will never get it together and you should just give up now. And it was just really, really negative. And I was like, yeah, I don't need any of that in my life. I don't need to think about being creative in this time when breathing in and out feels like maybe more than I can handle at the moment. So yeah. So I put them in two totally different categories. For some people, it was a cope. If it's a coping mechanism and yeah. a positive one, great. If you're just using it as one more way for you to get ahead and leave everybody else behind, I don't need that kind of competition. I <laughs> fuck don't. It, fuck everybody. I got this. Welcome to my job. I just I don't need those people around me in my life, and I'm so grateful to have shed them long ago. Yes, well, you did it too. Um, those people in my life. That's really what we've hit on. That really resonates with me because I said, you know. If you're still here, knock, knock. If you're still here at the end, of, what was it? The end of Deadpool, the end of um, <laughs> Ferris Bueller. Oh, you're still here. I'm Go still home. here. Yeah. Go home. If you're still here, you're my people. You are my people. And as far as people go, I told you a few weeks ago, pay attention to the people who introduce you to new music. Remember? Oh, wow. Yes. You also want to, uh, this this week's therapy question is, who is the person in your life who first made you understand the concept of self-care? Now, for me, I have friends who I would occasionally mock for doing in a loving way not evil the people who are still here for doing self-care self-care until I understood and realized that those were the humans who were way more enlightened than I way before I figured out I'm fucking worthless unless I am well rested and fed or for our other friends floated or massaged or <clears throat> right I don't know purged whatever I don't know somebody's into colonics whatever it is knowing that you are your best to take care of others and to love on others and to participate with others when you are your best so why wouldn't you so the the people the therapy question of this week from my favorite TikTok therapist is <laughs> who, who is the person and how has that changed for you these are just things to think about. Obviously, dear listener, cannot participate right now. If they would like to write us at brilliantobservations at gmail.com. If you would like to go to our socials at Listen Brilliant and even Facebook at Brilliant Observations and Brillob Squad, where I still post 
weekly lyrics waiting for you to join in and give me the next line. Uh, please check in and let us know all of your information. Who is the person for you who taught you self-care? You. Me? Yeah. <clears throat> you are. You did it live on this show. I was not expecting that answer. Can you tell by the shock on my face that I was not expecting well, what, that answer? I, okay. So in the throes of it, when we were still keeping up with this, I, which is funny to say because we always keep up with it, even today, right? despite the immense universal pressure to not podcast, and we still said, <laughs> fuck you, universe, we will hit this view. Okay. So I was week after week after week not doing it and you know, even dragging myself to be on the mic with you and to get through the podcasting was a lot. And it was evident. And at one point, you said on air, because I mean, we don't, it, it, this is all live, right? So I mean, this is how it works. We only edit out the stuff when we say, hey, uh, lawyers, we're going to do something that's going to get us sued. But yeah, that's the only stuff. So, cut, cut, okay. cut. <laughs> And I was just describing and I couldn't understand how I was feeling and why I was behaving this way in this fundamental core shift of how did I become a finger snap brand new person and I don't like this person. I don't understand anything about myself. And you said, well, maybe you're depressed. And I was so taken aback by that and embarrassed and upset. And I just vividly remember thinking for, you know, a split second or two and then saying, maybe because I realized, no, I mean, honestly, because what else could I say? Right. No, you could just called me on it so completely. And I either hadn't realized it myself or on some level I knew it, but didn't want to admit it. And then I was so upset about it. And I thought, what am I going to do? And so I, I hemmed and hawed for, you know, after we record, there's a good day or two where we don't really chat or connect and things. There's an opportunity to edit before it just flows right out into the universe. And I really struggled with what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then it was one of those moments where I was like, somebody else needs this more than I do. Because then I it need was not such to hear a, it. Right. And so I, if I, first of all, one of the things that I believe but don't practice, which means how hard do I really believe it? Well, let's see. Is, what is, that, it? <laughs> is that mental health and mental illness are no different than physical health and physical illness. hundred. That if I broke my toe, I should not and would not be embarrassed depending on the way I broke it, right? If I, if I had a well, heart condition. You could condition, lie about that, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there, and even as you say it, <clears throat> you immediately start thinking, well, there's certain physical ailments that I don't want people to know because then this goes way back. Oh, it makes me weak or this or that or stupid or like I don't care about myself. Right. All these things. But you, you layer these value judgments as opposed to you can always find one. You're born with it. It's a medical condition you did nothing to earn or receive. You were just born with it. It makes your life harder. That's the way it's going to be. Why on earth would you walk around carrying shame or guilt or upset about this? It's chemistry. If I, yes. can't, if I can't own and claim that a mental condition, a mental illness such as depression that in my case felt like it was a new thing that came on, if I can't even say it out loud and say I need to work on getting that resolved and acknowledge that it's a presence in my life, what am I modeling for myself, for my kids? What am I saying when I tell everyone outwardly how much I believe this for the organizations I support and the friends who run these organizations and the heavy lift that I do to make sure that they get their message out into the world and on and on and on. So I just let it go. And the, of course, this giant atomic bombshell of you saying maybe you're depressed and me saying yes, right? I knew that the world would forever be changed 
and that we would have to move out of our house. And of course we did. So we had to leave the country. All these things. (laughs) Nothing fucking happened. I was acting like nothing fucking happened. Nobody cared. Nobody fucking cared. And the only people who cared for a millisecond were the people who were sitting and going, yeah, I'm, I maybe too. Maybe that's what, if she's been, I've been feeling that way. So maybe that's what depression is. But she's happy and she's funny and she's outgoing. How could she be depressed? Uh, So I don't really understand. And that became, that, that led to this long educational process of what is anxiety and that's when I learned oh okay my response to COVID was a classic anxiety response because I internalized it as lack for my family and an inability to care for my family so I bought like pallets of flour and stupid things like we're gonna have all we're never gonna run out of food we have all these beans like all this stupid shit magic beans and financially a lot of things changed very quickly and then they changed right back very quickly as well. But for some reason, I, I latched on to that. It took me a really long time to get over it. So I, I educated myself and learned a little bit about when anxiety is and that I was experiencing anxiety. And then I could spot it in my kids. And then I could spot it in my kids when they were sad. Is that sadness? Is it circumstantial? Was it brought on by... So all that kind of stuff. And as a consequence of trying to resolve these things, yeah, I had to look up what is self-care and try and get to the idea of it and figure out what it is I still don't really understand it and I don't like the definition of it but I do comprehend the working definition of it and try to incorporate more of those actions into my life I'll get there eventually it's just not a natural thing to do it is not a natural thing to do for for humans who have never done it right but making it a natural well exercise wasn't a natural thing it's still not natural to me but it is part of my daily schedule you have to make that, and I'm not saying daily necessarily, because you have a life. You spend 2,000 miles on the road in one week. It's very hard to make that appointment for the massage that you should have. One well, here's day. how it's come full circle, because it came full circle just this very week, okay? Natural for me is caring for others. Natural for me is feeding people. Natural Shitty for me cookies, is right? Shitty creating. Cookies. Well, natural for me is creating things, right? Natural for me is making it fluffed up nicer, better for others, right? And that always includes myself because if I'm making it nice for you, I get to enjoy it too. So I don't think of it as selfless. That's why it's weird to think about self-care or whatever. Okay. So in all of that, this week how it came full circle is I looked at my son and my husband and I said, Here's what I need from you guys for the five meals that we have to show up and prepare that we're here. I need you to go to the market and I don't even want to think about what we're serving. You need to figure out what we're serving for this one event because this one is, it's not a food-based event. The crowd was not a food-based crowd. We were the only ones who would be really interested in the food. Everyone else was just interested in the gathering. So I said, so it doesn't matter. So I'm going to remove that pressure from myself to have a showstopper meal that would go unnoticed, okay? You go, you plan the meal, you buy the ingredients, you bring it back, you tell me what it is and I'll make it when we get there. And then I started to hear a little bit of blustering from the son and I looked at him and I said, well, let me explain how this works. If I do all that planning and I do all that shopping and I still do all the cooking and the presentation, that'll be the entire day and I won't get to visit with these people who are here, who you will get to visit with when I'm doing half the work. So if I do it all, I'm doing too much and you're doing nothing and then at the end of the day, I've spent the entire day doing double the work and I get twice as cranky and tired. And then I feel like I've been taken advantage of. So you don't want to do that. 
He says, no, I wouldn't want to do that. I said, so that's why you're doing this. And it, it, it was as much me educating myself right. as it was everyone else. If I'm buying all the presents and wrapping all the presents and hiding all the presents and planning all the food and cooking all the cookies and doing all the things and on and on and on and on, times multiple events, times multiple states, times multiple weeks, right? The fact that it gets done is the top of that mountaintop. That's the view I'm unwilling to sacrifice. But what I've learned as part of this self-care is if I sacrifice my entire self just to get to the mountaintop, I, the view is reduced for me. I can only enjoy it because there's so well, little left in my exhausted. tank. you're exhausted, right. There's no, right. There's no It's enjoying. not about resentment. It's that I've, I've pushed myself past the point where I'm operable. Right. So that's not OK. And maybe it's about getting older. Who knows? All these things in one. But the learning is we can do things together and you can still feel special. You can still feel like mom put on this big display for dinner. Right. And, and I you helped. get to eat you that. You can even feel but good about it. Yeah. 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 You don't. It doesn't have to be right. If there's if mom doesn't put up the Christmas tree, then there's no Christmas for anybody. Well, how about somebody else can put up the fucking tree while mom does something else? I find so, it interesting that you you wove age into your, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I find it interesting that age is woven in there because in our youth, we didn't have to take time for self-care because it was only self that you ever worried about. There was never the family, the meal, the experience, the the Dorinda Medley, make it nice for everyone, for those <laughs> of you who watch any Real Housewives. <sighs> Like your job, you make it nice. But when it was just you, I feel like just you was still trying to make it nice for other people. I, I feel like if there was a time that you were in my apartment before we were this close, you would have walked into our kitchen and been like, how can I take Marnie's mac and cheese that is stuck to the side of the pot from three days ago and make this a three course meal for these crackheads right. who haven't eaten in three days. Like we little were crackheads with little breadcrumbs on the outside. You put them in the oven in a baking quick dish. Deep and fry. All of a oh, okay. Like, yes. Yeah, nice. Delicious. Uh, or that or a nice deep fry, but you probably don't have any oil. Yeah. Both of those things will work. I'm a Jew. There's always oils. Just so you know. <laughs> oh, and that's the other re- feedback I got this week. Uh, Bonnie called to tell me she had made souvgani oats because we said, oh! does anybody even make these? And she said, yeah, I made them and they were all different ugly shapes and sizes nothing was uniform and I'll never do it again Duncan does a better job and I was like oh no that's terrible I love it I feel like this was the year of failed recipes and I also have released any kind of emotional connection to it that's huge for me but you really made me want those pink cookies I'm not gonna lie I really I, I am willing to try them again with just the pink side and then just no, the pistachio uh, no, cookie uh, the, and it, so, there were so many things wrong with it I almost need to investigate, right? And here's really, well, here's really Letter what happens. Letter to the editor. Well, here's what happens a lot of times. The recipe itself can be correct, and then it's just not tested before they, sometimes if you increase the quantity. In baking, when you increase the quantity of a recipe, when you're making a pie crust, you can't just double the recipe and get two decent pie crusts. You have to actually change the uh, proportional amount of flour and water and all of the, and sugar is a wet ingredient. You have to think of it as a wet ingredient instead of a dry ingredient. All of these things in baking 
are so precise and so particular. It's not like a stock pot full of soup. Throw some more shit in there. It just tastes even better. So sugar even the act of making it larger. Ingredient. Sugar is a wet ingredient. It behaves sugar like a wet ingredient. behaves like a wet ingredient. Okay. Right. That- so you have to pay attention to the moisture, right? So all of the... If you add too much extract, you're also introducing... Even food coloring can introduce too much moisture, which can mess up the cookies and change the texture of the cookies. These were cookies that I feel are likely so deceptively simple that when they're made pristinely by somebody's auntie at the stove in front of the convection oven that they've been using in this tiny apartment for 17 million generations and you don't know how they're so good, it's because they're always made in a batch of 19 because that's all that will fit on that tiny pan. Like something something was lost in the translation into the post when Amy tried to make 144 in a single batch. Letter and to they the sucked. editor. Letter and to they the sucked. editor. No, it's, it's user error, but... I do like the concept of small batch. In the beginning, I was like, so make more, make bigger batch. No, the reason they're so good is because they're small batch. And the reason they're so expensive is because small batch is more labor. And the reason, yes, I I highly support. Um, I think Sarah is my friend who taught me self-care. And and I think that it's it, it was one of the most important lessons that I've learned. She's in there. Annie's in there for me too. Sarah's in there as a good model. Annie's in there as trying to actually help you understand that you need it and this is this is what you need to do like making things smell pretty all the time she did she does this whole thing where she'll she has those as um, long as there's the no fragrance involved right as long as you don't put fragrance on things you need to make it smell <laughs> good I'm like all right no but Sarah's the OG self-carer because she's one of these people where she's like all right I'm gonna do all these things because if I don't I'm gonna die after I kill all y'all. Yes, so exactly. So it's like, yeah, I think that's a good plan. I don't want to die and I, I don't would, want you dead. I would talk to her and she'd say, I have to go. I have a bar class, a ballet class that I have in 20 minutes and I haven't had coffee yet. And I, this was peak of COVID. And I thought, where are you going? She's like, oh, no, no, no. We're, <laughs> now we're doing it on video. We're having a bar class. I'm like, where the fuck in my home? Well, you have an exercise gym in your house. Where would I go to put my leg up on a bar and do... She impressed me from the get-go. And the lazy part of me during COVID was like, mm, maybe next week. Uh, no. I want to talk to you about, it's a hard turn, but it reminds me. I want to talk to you about lifting your leg, okay? You want to come along with me? I, I have to pee? What's happening? You don't understand how difficult life is for the short-legged, okay? Oh, okay. So... My car has an upsy downsy where if you press a button, it'll lower it so you can actually get in it because it's too big, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, we have learned painstakingly that it doesn't work unless the door is closed. So when you go to get in the car and say to somebody, can you do the upsy downsy? You have to then take a step back, close close the the door, door, wait on the outside of the door. Where it's cold, where the car goes, meh. I mean, it's just like it's a lot. So at a certain point, you stop asking for it. But here's the problem. If you don't and you want to go on a long journey and you're not the person driving and you go to put your leg in the car to hoink yourself up into the car, the first thing that happens is your hip don't work that way. So your hip, well, it's taller than your hip. Do you ever try to get into a pickup truck? You don't do it. You step on a sidewall and then you go boop, 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 boop. And then you get into the thing. Running boards help with that. Do you not have running boards on your car? No, well, there's there's something, but it doesn't look like I could stand on it. It looks, it's kind of, it's not, it's not a foot deck, right? <coughs> so you got to throw your leg in to the pass to the foot area, 
Then bend your leg in such a way where your hip comes up straight and then you tuck your cheek over the lip of the chair because it's got one of those yep, lip on the comfy, end. comfy, Hold hug you your in. ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you got that. But all of a sudden, now you have car seat crack because that special part has gone up into the crack. And so now you got to somehow grab onto something. There's nothing to grab. Try and pull yourself in. Slide in. <clears throat> and in the process of sliding in, you're underpants 100% of the time slide into your front crack no so now you're in the car and you're in the seat but you're trying to wiggle and shimmy your butt and your front butt back and forth so that you can get your underpants out of your labias out of the front and that the only other way that you can do is stick your hand in there use your finger to fish it out and when you got a car full of people I mean, even that's a bridge too far for me. I don't want to go and say, watch while I dive my spelunking finger all the way down to pluck out my underpants from my front of my lady biz. Or you get to ride for 12 hours with a piece of cotton Absolutely inside not. Your, your one and your two. And it's too much. It's too much. It's very frustrating. So then what I've started doing is I slide in there in like I'm falling out of a boat. You know how you, you're getting ready to go and there's jaws and you throw both of your legs, you throw your legs in the boat and then you hold your face and you lean backward into the boat and fall into the water with your legs straight up. So your butt and your back the water. I thought that's how you dive, but yes, I got you. So I'm doing that. So now I'm standing in the garage. I open the car door. I throw my back onto the seat and then I pull myself so that my back and butt go all the way over into the driver area. And then I sit upright and swing my legs in. And this is met with uproarious laughter. Jiminy fuck stick dick and sick and suck suck cunt 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 fucker. We would like to say thank you for those who have taught us how to take care of ourselves. So we can be better people to take care of others. I tested out the say lesson. Not as successful as you'd like. But I figured out a way to do it better. Still sharing love. And being kind, doing good, showing love. Um, that's that's it for me again this year. We want to know your resolutions, dear listener. Please write in and let us know. Did you come up with any other resolution besides self-care this year, Amoir? I didn't know that self-care was on the docket, but I'll keep it, it there. Is. I need to be a kinder person. I, I My go-to was overflowing kindness. It would take me some thought to get to a snarky comment. It would oh, take no. thought for that to happen. It's a flash flood and, for me. And something has has been ripped off or opened up or or where where the thoughts come more freely. I still don't say them. And I, you know what I mean? Like, like loss of filter? Is that what we're talking about? I don't like humor that exists just to make fun of other people. When we're bawdy and we're drunk and we're only with our friends... The kind of humor, I, I'm a very funny person when I'm drunk because I will say the funny thing, even if it's in the category of mean, because I know it's not mean and I know we're protected. And I, But at the same time, I would never be a comedian who focuses on insulting other people or saying things that are mean about other people, no matter how funny it could be. Just wouldn't do it. That's my story. I love joy. I love creativity. I love peace accepting that peacefulness is a part of my life instead of constantly trying to what's next, what's next, what's next. That's where I want to, I want to build up that muscle. I want to be okay with, I have, I have many friends who are transitioning in their careers or talking about transitioning in their careers and they cannot wait to just 
be happy as a clam and enjoy their life where it is now. They don't worry about what's next, making a mark, having leaving a legacy. Can you do that? All my all my needs are met. What what do I want except from laying on a beach? And instead, I'm like laying on the beach, going, "What's the legacy that I'm leading? And how can I? Because I haven't done anything. So I I'm trying. I don't know that I say that. How can you say that you true. haven't done anything? How could uh, you say uh, that with a straight face? Join us next week. Jiminy fuckstick, dick and sick and suck suck cunt 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 fucker. I want to wish you a merry new year. It's from I Trading Places. I want to wish you merry new year. Merry New Year! I love that. I love that so much. I think it's time for Trading Places again. That might be our New Year's movie. Um, we're doing an Ooh. early dinner. Early meaning like 7 o'clock. We're doing an early dinner and uh, with friends and a lovely toast. And then hopefully by 9.30, I will be in my bed watching... Anderson Cooper get drunk on TV. I don't think they're allowed to drink anymore. We'll be in a restaurant in Florida with table of 16 and I'll be wearing a glitter dress. At midnight. So, at midnight. Really? That's it. Really. Uh, Miss Vigazi, I need to see a picture of you in that dress. The glitter dress I remembered at the last minute. That's what the I computer cable. Na na. Fuck the computer <sighs> cable. It worked out great. It worked out great. I'm so sorry, but I couldn't help it. I've Dear listener, thank in. you for showing up for us. <laughs> we will show up for you. We wish you the best New Year ever. And um, I hope it, you're to bed early and safe and your families are safe. We love you. Bye. Bye. All the blessings to you. And I apologize for being so gross. Truly, truly. We love and appreciate you. All the blessings. Kiss, 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 I apologize for being so gross. Bye. 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 I really bye this time. Fuck her.